You're listening to an XM Productions podcast. All right, Rachel. PG-13. PG-13. This is Prof Mac calling Rachel Sanders to the office and a friendly reminder that you must keep it PG. (laughs) Okay, on that note, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Moody and Dean Gone Rogue, where we discuss the gameplay and theology of the first campaign of Moody and Dean. My name is Rachel Sanders. Don't know if I already said that, but if I did it, there you go. And I'm going to have the rest of the table introduce themselves. Hi, my name is Rachel Sanders, and I'm <laughs> Just kidding. My name is Rachel McKelvey. Uh, Her name is first spelled cooler. With an extra uh, consonant, almost an extra vowel. But sometimes Y counts as a vowel. Also here with the unnecessary grammatical facts for you, I'm also known as Prof Mac, and I play Audra. Amazing. I am... <laughs> I'm Reese Amstutz. I'm your humble DM. And returning from his brief stint away from Moody and D, we have Samuel Bowen. Welcome. Come on, Ima. (laughs) He is back. Yeah, back from the grave. (laughs) It's amazing. (laughs) Amazing. No, Sam. (laughs) Dang it. Now he's really back, folks. And him and I are instigating this button. No. <laughs> and if you didn't know, basically all of campaign one or arc one, this was Sam's daily threat. Oh, yes. And the I, only way we really started the podcast was with a couple of presses of that button. A few mm-hmm, false starts. Mm-hmm. Yep. A very frustrated, humble DM. I edited most of them out, but there is still one that is in an episode. Because and I could not talking. get rid of it because I was talking. Really? Wait, which episode? I think it's in the first it's two. Like, it's, first, it's, like, it's, session yeah, zero or yeah, something. He was so funny. He goes, but I was talking. <laughs> <laughs> Look, my voice supersedes all other important channels. Except whoa, whoa, thing. whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, okay. Fair enough. All right, everyone. I'm the DM. I'm the host. Um, all right, everyone. I selected you. I helped you think of the name. That's true. (laughs) Did you or did I? I I can't remember. It's a text thread. I thought there were receipts. She she came up with the name. The only reason it ended up in the text thread is because she said it. Okay. Well, (laughs) folks, Rachel Sanders gets credit for the name. Congratulations. And nothing else. Oh. (laughs) Wow. I don't even own a D20. It didn't even go. I didn't hit it hard enough. I was trying to go quick. No, no, Sam. No, (laughs) you're not pressing that stupid button. All righty, guys. We start this show by rolling a D20 to see who can ask the first question. What are we discussing today? Episodes 9 through 11. Great. Go. We're going to pretend that I made it through. Roll for initiative. Ooh, not great. It's probably better than mine. I got a seven. I got a five. I got an eight. I win. <laughs> With a what? Eleven. You, no, I'm just saying, you have to roll very high, like a ten. What a beat on all. Okay, so what's initiative order? I got one. I got first, second, and then third. third I'm last. Yep. Yep. Okay, great. Okay. Your humble leader. So, uh, starting with episode nine. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this question <laughs> is for uh, for Prof Mac. Uh, okay. <laughs> great. <laughs> How did the various accounts of the spiked metal ball crushing various party <laughs> members influence your thought processes r- moving forward, and how did that influence oh. your reactions to the concept of the party at the end of the arc? I wish Christian was here for this. <laughs> listen, listen. All I have to say is they could have been avoided well, because Audra did not want to go down that way. Ooh, that was my bad. Um, 
Copyright. <laughs> you and Corey have the same. Yes. I never know who's getting a text message. <laughs> yeah, I think it's because she's like on the edge of a millennial, and I'm like <laughs> hardcore, like deep set as a millennial. And Kim Possible was, you know, a big part I of our childhood. I love Kim Possible. I would yeah. stay up all night on Friday nights to watch it. Yeah, but see, you had the reruns. We were like watching as they went. I watched the last episode air. I remember it. <laughs> I make it. Um, that I, that does not count. Well, uh, I well. I promise you that doesn't count. <laughs> At least I know I'm older than Reese. I'm closer to millennial than him. Barely. <laughs> Barely. Four months on you. Oh wow. Four months. Okay. Anyways, moving Thank on you. to answer <laughs> the question. Mac, yes. Four months so, in one day. Uh, actually, I suppose this question can actually be for both of you. Uh, but I Wait, feel like what? it. Uh, the. My last question can be for both of you, but I feel like it more applied to you, Prof Mac, the various accounts of the spike metal ball destroying yeah, everybody yeah. and how it influenced <laughs> the way they saw the party. Yeah. Uh, I feel like for Audra, it definitely made her more frustrated just because in Audra's mind, it could have been avoided. Like we had a path, but we had to like explore the whole dungeon. And then with Ima really getting hurt. Uh, they left on 4 HP. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that the metal balls is kind of where really where the party just fractured. <laughs> yeah. Like we already yeah. weren't getting along, but it was like there was that was a point of no return at that yeah. point. Um and yeah, so I think at that point Audra was like, Oh, I cannot trust Klaus. So the only thing like Ima has to stay alive because there's no if Ima goes down, Audra knew she was going to go down. Like, Klaus could take her out in a hot minute. Yeah, so, yeah absolutely. Um, yeah, I think that kind of really solidified the tension between Audra and Klaus, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, next in the initiative order. Hey, Sam. whoa, 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 whoa. That's my job. Sam, you're next. I'm the, <laughs> I'm the DM. I'm rolling initiative. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, I didn't know who was going to be on the show, so I just wrote questions for everyone. Amazing. Love it. Um... Except the host. The host knows nothing. Uh, this well, next question is for something. the host. <laughs> <laughs> she knows You're kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay, good. Um. <laughs> it's like if you just asked her a question. <laughs> I'd be like, uh, what? okay. <laughs> so I'm going to ask Reese a question because... I'm also going to roll initiative for Christian because he sent ooh. me questions. Oh, sweet. Oh, good call. He's last. <laughs> Wait, what did he get? You rolled a five. I'm a five. Oh, oh well, then you win because you're here. <laughs> oh. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> anyway, yeah. All right, so at one point, we were messing up on, uh, well, in episode nine, we were messing up on the keys. Yeah. So I was wondering, <laughs> what would have happened if, if we broke snapped? them? Yeah. Like, what would we do? That would be up to your creativity as a party. See, here's the thing is at a certain point, if you had broken the keys, there would have been a couple different approaches you could have taken. Uh, if you had only broken one key, which was the first space we'd gotten to, where if Ima had rolled low enough <laughs> on his strength check and snapped his key, um, what would have happened is his key would have snapped. And the only probably the most readily available way out would be for Audra to pick the lock. Mm, okay. okay. With, <laughs> I and, didn't even think of that. <laughs> You forget you're a rogue well, again. It doesn't, it doesn't matter because you needed. It, it doesn't matter because you needed to pick all, all three, three of the locks at once. Uh, okay, okay. And so, if only one had broken, you could have still picked it. Got it. But if you had, because the first time Ima almost yes. broke the keys, mm -hmm. the second time Ima and Hatra almost broke both their keys. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you had both broken it, that would have been some 
uh, probably would have been something along the lines of you reaching in and arcanely using mage hand to, un- <laughs> or wait, no, you didn't w- have mage hand, did mm-hmm. you? We and you weren't level three at the time. Yeah. So would we have to still get through that door to like progress through? You could have tried or... breaking through existing walls, but that was the <laughs> only So we were going to get through. stuck. You would have gotten stuck. Nice. Three bit screwed. <laughs> what would have what would have happened would have been no no uh, uh, put it down put it turn turn the knot you, you are so not close. you, you are not so doing close. the butt chunk thing you are not but no. that's fine um yeah so what would have probably ended up happening is you guys would have to do something along the lines of long rest try to break the wall long rest try to break the wall long rest try to break the wall uh or try to explore alternative avenues um or see if there was something inside the uh dungeon that you could have used to get through uh because there were a lot of magical traps and you could have seen if you were trying if there was like a way to redirect it to break the wall because there was a magical trap on that room and there was yeah there was the vine when you jumped into the oh, room. Oh, that's right. That's right. And that was, it was a permanently installed version of the Thornwhip cantrip. And that, so yeah. if you could, you know, if you could find a way to redirect the dungeon against itself using the panels, that was one way you could have gotten through. But yeah, no, it was really, that was, yeah. <laughs> it was, it was that, oh it boy. was, it was whenever one of you overcommitted to turning a key and I knew it would not turn, just saying, are they going to try so hard they break the key? Because that happens in real life frequently. Yeah. I've done it. Did you break a key? In a door. Mm -hmm. In a door? In a door. Like in the lock bit. Yep. Yikes. And so that was really the question at that point was, can someone who's overcommitted to turning the key at a certain point in time, assuming that it will work, sense it and control it fast enough in order to not snap the key? So, Wow. Crazy. Nope. Who is next in order? That would be me. Can I ask a bonus question just because we have Sam here? Sure. Oh like boy. a bonus action. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sam, how's it feel to be the most like character of the party? <laughs> um, Klaus is still my favorite. <laughs> well, you're biased. No, no, no. I'm saying like within, within, the, campaign. Within, within the campaign. Within the campaign. Within the campaign. Within the campaign, you were the only person that as, like you were the uniting factor. As Kent, as Kent so eloquently put it at the beginning of season two's arc, you were the Bella to mine and Klaus's Edward and Jacob. I really hate that reference. Yeah. <laughs> A lot. I mean, that is strangely accurate. But yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at the end of the arc, I mean, <laughs> you guys went your separate ways when he died, so. Yeah. Oh, spoilers. Which is, which is spoilers. If they're this far in, they it's should too know. late. <laughs> then there's me. I just caught up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, she did hey, not know that Ima died until today. Oh my not till today, but you just said it at some mm. point out on That's like true, the couch. I, I go, what? That is true. <laughs> yep. Um, Well, to answer the question, it was kind of like um, what I imagined being like a parent of like two little kids would be like. <laughs> we are just like, now kids, get along. Don't kill each other. Stop stealing. Me and my brothers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay, so my actual question. Um, also, bonus, bonus, just a point of order. Klaus <laughs> has already attack- attacked Audra because he tried to do it in this episode. Right. And the last Gone Rogue, Klaus talked about how he had never attacked Audra until the bit in arc two. That is true. And I was like, wait a minute. He just rolled a nat <laughs> one. Otherwise, he would have yeah. hit me with that bottle. Well, mm. 
Yeah. He's I, not here to explain himself. Yeah. I just wanted to point of order that. He did say he had not <laughs> intentionally done anything so far as he was aware, and anything he did was not intentional to the way he wanted to play the character. And so that could have been something that he did as a gut reaction that Klaus would have done as a gut reaction, but was inconsistent with Klaus's character. Ah, uh, that's fair, I guess. I don't know. It's still, he tried <laughs> to attack me. He just rolled in that one. Anyways. Um, we'll see what he says about it. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Let's see. Oh, so many questions. Reese, how does it feel to know that you created an experience that made your party super paranoid to walk through doors? <laughs> oh, <laughs> or just sit a, in a room? It was amazing. <laughs> it was the funniest thing in the world. Like, seeing Audra go down into the temple like just a person who's like, yeah, I talk to people and I get answers and I hide in places and come out the most paranoid person <laughs> on the planet. Like I stand at this door. The amount of times in episode nine, I was like, no, 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 no. I'm in the entrance. What do I see? Are there any traps? <laughs> okay. So this is actually, so this is kind of relates to another question that I had regarding episode 10. Um, Cause so I, since we're in the same sort of vein, you've asked mm -hmm. me what it's mm -hmm. like as my experience as a DM. I want to know what it was like for you. This is my question that I had for episode 10. In episode 10, Klaus insight checked a door just to see <laughs> if it was going to kill him. I remember yeah, that. Yep. He insight checked a door. As a DM, I am curious. One of you was a new player. One of you was a vet. Did the dungeon yep. underneath the temple change your understanding of playing D and, how your, and your character's <laughs> understanding of the world around them? Because, like... Sam and I are in a campaign, mm -hmm. and our DM does not run us through quite as many traps as I ran you through in a concentrated no. amount of time. So I'm just curious, how what was that like for you as a new player being like, ha! <laughs> and then for Sam, <laughs> as someone who's played before, being like, this is a lot more. <laughs> yeah, I am not used to dungeons. Yeah, our DM all. never runs dungeons. Oh, we, wow, okay. We did one. One. At our, well, even before you joined, Reese. Yeah. Like, we did the Death House in Curse of Strahd. Yeah. And, like, that was it. We were in there for, like, three sessions. And then Isaac was like, no, we're not doing that again. Yeah. And so well, he dang near killed you all in that. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. That well, almost killed my character. Yes. This is a trend. <laughs> Sam's characters have a tendency to die and or leave. Interesting. I, oh. I get bored. With within, <laughs> within my time in a campaign with him, which has been about, what, two years now? Mm -hmm. Just about two years. He's been through four characters. Oh, my goodness. And one of them left yeah. and came back. He came back a changed man. Yes, quite or, literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, he goes through oh, yes. characters faster than I do. Wow, interesting. Yeah. I, yeah, it happens. Nice. Um... Back to the question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it felt very like it felt like what I first expected D and D to be like. Okay. Of like very like board game esque of just like I move here, something happens, I almost die. <laughs> like a lot. A lot apparently. Yeah. But it didn't change how I was necessarily playing my character. Yeah. Because like I mean I've. I'm used to characters going, so. Uh, yep. <laughs> it's I'm I'm, I create my characters to die or leave. Like I, that's kind of where I'm coming from. Of like, I don't want to get super attached to this character, because you know if if they die unexpectedly, then like, well now I have to come up with something new. 
Yeah. So I'm I'm half expecting, well, because like my original impression of D and D was like, well, you play a board game, you like roll a character, and then like it's super tough, and then they die, and like because like you don't come back after you die, except you know revivify, resurrection, all that yep. stuff. But like, so it was fun to have that kind of like that challenge of being a low level character with like six HP or something. I, 14? 17, I think, is what you had. Yeah. Like, under 20. Yeah. And being hit with a bunch of traps. There was... A, it was... It was fun to have that challenge for me. Yeah. Of like, I could die at any moment. We have, like, one healing spell that will yep. give me maybe, like, five, five hit points back. Like, yeah. maybe a fourth <laughs> of my health. Like, maybe? So, it was just... It was just fun. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, I think for me, like as a player, it was surprising because the very first time I ever played, the way that the DM did it just kind of like dropped us into the middle of playing a game. So I think our very first encounter was with a vampire in a tavern, and then we left oh there to go fight a manticore. Oh my so, god! Yeah, yeah. Okay. But the thing was, like, it was only me and one other person that didn't know how to play, and the rest of our party mm. had been playing for years, so they kind of guide us through it. Makes sense. Um, so I think I kind of went in it with that mindset of you just, like, you go and you fight monsters, or you're trying <laughs> to, like, outwit a person. And so there was a little bit of... I, th- I think originally, which is why I didn't always check is it felt like it stopped the game to be paranoid about surroundings yeah um but now i'm like it's kind of funny that it's just this random paranoia and i think i said this in i don't remember what episode for gone rogue but for audra it's a big thing because she's never experienced any uh threat from something not living before and she says it in one of the episodes but like everything is trying to kill her and that's freaking her out um yeah so yeah well, especially coming from, you know, above the dungeon where everything is extremely safe. Right, right. Yeah. So. Nice. I think I have the next question, I believe. You do. Yay. All right. This is kind of for everyone. And if you can answer for Christian, possibly. Yeah. Um, This episode, I feel like it's like the first time I saw everyone like working together somewhat peaceably. <laughs> uh, kind really? of. Kind of. A little as bit. close to peaceably I, I as I, I think we could it. get. Yeah. yeah. Um. They were just working together pretty well, even though there was clearly tension that you see in the next episode. Um, how were the characters feeling about just this, all this interaction? Were walls going down, or were they being built up more amongst each other? Because Ima and Audra knew each other, and then there's Klaus, who hates everyone, it sounds like. <laughs> but And then there's the DM who's watching all of this. So <laughs> Yeah, feel free. Anyone go for it. Reese, you want to start? I mean, I can, I can give a little bit of information as to how Klaus probably felt. Like, again, I don't know Klaus in and out the way Christian does. But what seems to be a consistent element of Klaus's character is that I don't think his walls ever went down or started to go down. I think there was a point in time at which he realized he could trust Ima or could potentially trust Ima. I mean, later on, 
Klaus does say he is the person I could I felt I could possibly trust. Yeah. Not necessarily that he did trust him, but that felt he could possibly trust this yeah. person. See, blatantly um, says he does not trust Audra. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, and he doesn't trust most other people, and that's just generically true across the board. I don't think his cl- I don't think his walls were moving at all, mm-hmm. because especially like it's been seen consistently for Klaus, trust is less about. Um, Less about believing that you're there to do a good thing for him and more about believing that he, that the people around him are going to be self are going to be consistently selfish and assuming that he can leverage their selfishness for his betterment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Y'all want to answer? Yeah. I mean, again, I don't know if walls are necessarily going down, but I think there is a level of confidence because there's a couple times if I'm remembering right in episode 9 that Audra like leaves to go mm-hmm. like back into another room or check something yeah. out and so there's a level of confidence in that I don't I don't know if I would necessarily say walls are coming down but she trusts Klaus and she trusts Ima enough that she's willing to like step into another room mm-hmm. by herself and then come back and like yeah. We've, we've cleared all the things that could kill us in this room, so we're good. Yeah. Or, like, when she would get bored, she'd be like, all right, I'm moving on. Like, <laughs> Right, yeah. It was almost, like I said, a level of trust that, like, I trust these people aren't going to kill me anymore. Right. More, less, and especially in Klaus's part, less to the extent of you trust that he doesn't have, less to the extent that you trust he has more good intentions and more to the more to the extent that you trust that he's going to be selfish and do something that leads to his betterment, which in this situation is keeping you alive. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ima? <laughs> I mean, there was never a point where Ima really expected any anything from Klaus or Adra. I mean, he kind of assumed he was safe with them the whole time. Um, but I think, I mean, at first, it I, his mindset was more of like, I am probably the most capable to do what we need to do. Like, this is what I'm designed to do. Adra like knows nothing of the world. Klaus knows too much of the world. Mm. Um and so he's he's thinking like this is what I'm meant to do. I'm probably the most qualified cuz it's like what I'm made to do. But then at once we get to like episode 9, Haima has already gone down once. Yeah. Yep. So he's it's kind of a change in the mindset of like well I know it's like he knows how Audra and Klaus do things and he can at least trust them to do those things and do them. I mean, they do what they do and they do it well. Yeah. He can trust that. Yeah. Okay, nice. See, who goes? Uh, Christian's question. Oh, yes. Nice. Sorry, Christian. Um, let's see. Since we have Sam on, I'm going to ask those. Um, Okay, so we had sort of asked everybody uh, how they sort of formed their characters, where they came from, and so he wants to know, uh, similarly to the questions we've asked other people, why I'm a, why did you make him a Warforged? What was your intention with his character? And in the end, did he come out the way you wanted him to? Oh, goodness. Ima was a very unique character. Um, for most of my other characters, they're made to be sort of on the borderline between hero and villain. Yeah. Um, that's because I just find those characters interesting of where it's like, they could go off the deep end, and that would be terrible. <laughs> but they're not quite there yet. Yeah. 
But for Ima, it was lawful good. And my first, well, the first idea in making him was, I want to play something that's not lizard folk. Because that was the requirement for creating a character. <laughs> yep, I was. Yeah, which is ironic because I showed up to <laughs> session zero, the only lizard folk. Yeah, and I was like, true. what yeah. happened? Yeah, that Miss was. Miss Rule Follower was like trying to follow the rules and then. <laughs> yeah. the rules. Now I know. Yeah, so I'm a very much was just, um, I want to play something that isn't lizard folk because I don't know how to role play that. And so I was like, well, Warforged, because like that gets around the requirement. Like he can just be built by one of them, sure. And I wanted to be a magic user, so I was like, sure, sorcerer, because that makes sense. I mean, he can't be a wizard; he's not gonna have time to just study. But if he's just like inherently magical, boom, reason for him to exist. Yeah. And beyond that, it was just kind of like, well, I assume we need a moral compass for the party. So he'll Boy, be howdy, good. didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> um, so he was kind of made to essentially fill in the gaps of what would be needed. Um, I thought about making him like a cleric or a druid. Or, I mean, druid warforged. That would be interesting. Hmm. That would be my next character. <laughs> Anyways, there is, there is a circle <laughs> of, uh, there's a homebrewed circle called Circle of the Forged Ooh. that does exist where all their wild shapes are like made of metal. Oh. Nice. So I, I did think about making him just like a healer, just so I could be the like fill in the gap of like yes, this is what the party needs. Right. Let the other people have their fun. I'll I'll play the <laughs> I'll be the support role. Everyone else can have fun. Right. Um, and he kind of stayed in that support role of keeping the party together, which was very unexpected. Yeah. <laughs> um, because you're not designed to be a support character. <laughs> no, you. But you became a social support. He became the social support for the party. He ended up being probably my favorite character because he's just so just black and white in how he thinks of this is good. This is what we're made to do. That's bad. We don't do that. Yeah. And it was very easy to role play that. And then like after he he went down unconscious, he came back and was his mindset was like, well, I'm going to die at some point. But not yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's super cool. Nice. I think we're going to go back and start episode 10. Reese. Yes. Do you want to ask the first question? Sure. Let me pull up my oh. questions. Is this for episode 10 now? Yes. Yes. Yeah. We're moving to episode 10. Um, I think we're trying to move a little bit yeah, faster yeah, yeah. for three. Um, let's see. Uh, this is so hard because I have two questions that I really, really, really want to hear. Answers to just make um, our answers really short, <laughs> um, or questions really, really, really short. Yeah. Or do you want to not do ten, still do nine, and then move on? No, no, no I want to do ten. All my questions are from ten. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I have a lot of questions for ten. Uh, I'm gonna go for the because I'm sure someone is going to ask you about this, so I'm gonna ask you. Oh, uh, I'm up. Mm-hmm. You heard the entirety of Audra and Klaus's rough conversation the big fight you heard that how did that influence your role play how did that influence Ima's behavior and thought process moving forward because you you knew what went down you knew what happened how how did that impact you and how you continued to play the character um yeah I kind of took it as Ima 
kind of further ingraining himself in that role of I need to be the best of all of us because they're not getting along. Um, they seem to only be getting along because of me. So I'm going to continue to be that reason until we get through this dungeon question mark and then like once we get back like we can we can better figure things out he's like I, I don't know how to deal with this so I'm just gonna keep doing what I'm doing yeah so it just kind of pushed him further into what he was already doing yeah yeah that's yeah that's super cool <laughs> yeah I just wanted to ask because I know someone's gonna ask Audra about her reactions but I that's me no one else claim it <laughs> but I wanted to I wanted to ask what you were thinking because yeah like you're present you might have been like in a space where you were kind of shut down but you were still there and so I, I have to imagine hearing that influenced and so yeah nice was it that Sam's was next it was me next yeah okay oh boy wait hang on, hang on. gotta check my questions again because I, I have one for Reese and I feel like now is the time to ask, but I don't know if it's already ask been asked. Um, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> I, I was also going to ask Audra about. Well, if I've already answered, class, but if I've already asked the question, or if I've already been asked the question, then I will, I'll still answer. So, it, Kazarash. Um, yeah. In episode ten, you kind of hint at what he is, but what is he? Yeah, so we kind of went over this in a previous kind of yeah, okay. rogue episode, but I'll give you the information again because I so he I is don't a, know. he is a human okay who was alive for the uh, corruption when time actually started being counted at zero AC. Okay. Um, okay. And right around the time he, as a human, would have reached the end of his lifespan, he true polymorphed himself into a dragon on a permanent basis. That makes sense. And so that's what that massive room full of circles and glyphs was, was him creating a massive transmutation circle for himself to turn himself into that dragon. So then how did he die? That you guys don't get to know Dang yet. it. Okay, fine. fine. Not keep the, listening. Yeah, not the specific. yeah <laughs> pe people don't get to know that yet. Okay. okay. Alrighty, Prof Mac. Okay. Um, my question is for Klaus. I texted it to him, so I'll read his answer. Okay. Nice. And then I have a really quick bonus question. Did the armor do anything? <laughs> Did the yes. armor do anything? Yes. Would it have done anything if we could have been strong enough to like put it on an actual person or like Ugh. It just <laughs> bought re listening to the episode it bothered me so much. Because yep. we sensed some magic coming from the gauntlet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then we like laid it on the thing. It didn't do anything. And then we tried to pick it up, but all of us <laughs> had zero modifier. Yep. So did it do anything? Hmm. It's an amazing question. Oh, my gosh. In all complete and total honesty, as soon as you asked that, I did what I do as a DM. <laughs> and when there's not a function to something yet, I create it. That armor effectively had no magic until you asked me, is it magical? Okay, the second you asked that question, it becomes it magical, magical armor. <laughs> and so my brain immediately went, sure, that's that's a suit of armor. Uh, it's a armor of force resistance, which would nice. give you resistance to all of the damage dealt by the room. Oh, because that particular that, yeah. Ima. that particular room. Well, I well, can't wear it. On Ima. it. Oh yeah, nobody could yeah. wear it because nobody was proficient with heavy armor. Nice, yeah. Good job, guys. Uh, but what was your question for Klaus? Okay, so my question yeah. for Klaus was why he tried to hide the pain after he got ran over by the metal ball. Because I thought that was super <laughs> interesting. So yeah. his his answer was 
the reason is rather simple. He didn't want to appear vulnerable in front of everyone else. Yep. He didn't want to admit that he made a mistake. Later, when Audra confronts him, he admits to making a mistake, but immediately twists it on her, saying that the mistake was going first and trusting her. So it's simply pride and trying to keep face, which I wondered, but I wasn't sure if there was something deeper about him, like not wanting to ever show pain. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are some deeper elements to that, but I can't yeah. go into those. Those are Christians to go into. Yeah. So that's my question. Nice. Back to my turn. Yes. It was intended for Klaus, but I'm going to ask um, Audra slash Prof Mac instead. So he just went off on you. Like, <laughs> no hesitation. He was like, Meh! and I would probably just start crying if I was you. Um, what was going on in your head afterwards? Like, like Audra said, what was happening? Was she trying to make excuses in her brain? What was happening? What was her thought process? And how was she trying to deflect what happened? Because she was trying to deflect it when she went over to Ima. Yeah. Uh, I I think th- there was a lot of confusion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and confusion from two points of... Because some of the things that Klaus said were very true. Yeah. Which is why... Is it this episode where she goes to the table and she gives him the rings and the gold back? Of yeah. that yeah. was yep. like her level of admitting, okay, yep. you were right on some of the things. So there was confusion because he was right, which then made her question the other things that he was saying. Yeah. But also, like this feeling of like, but, but you're wrong, and I don't, but I don't know why you're wrong. And yeah. so I think a lot of confusion in that. Um, and she was a little hurt. I think if it, if if they had like been in the temple she probably would have like run to the forest and started bawling her eyes out but like in the same way Klaus wasn't going to show pain she was not about to show any pain (laughs) I feel that there yeah 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 Yeah. all right kind of kind of piggybacking off of that I do have a couple other questions uh, (laughs) we got time yeah I'm checking and we got time uh so Audra moving beyond that how did you approach working with Klaus like what was Audra's mentality because beyond that point like we mentioned, you guys did start working fairly cohesively as a party. Um, but what was going through your head? What actually caused that shift to you guys working together? Because normally, people who get in a big fight don't start working t- together better, but that is what happened with you guys. Yeah. Um, I think for Audra, like she said, like her only concern was keeping Ima alive. And, um, and she said in there, like since her uncle... Ima's been the closest thing she's had to someone she's cared for and so again the whole thing with the dungeon and she's freaking out and so the she just needs to survive and she wants to survive with someone she cares about and so um, I think even in that conversation in their anger she could sense the truth in Klaus that he at least cared to keep Ima alive Yeah, and I think that was enough like she had seen enough of how ruthless and all the things so it's like I can trust nothing if not your loyalty and trust to Ima Mm -hmm. so in that she was like okay if we're both trying to keep Ima alive I think that means that we will both live but there's definitely I mean Audra definitely knew if Ima goes down down she's she's going down too (laughs) I also have a a question from Christian yeah um He said, the more I listen to the episodes, the more I see how Audra really relied on Klaus and Ima to do everything for her. Oh. Oh. Wow. What was her thought when both of them got hurt in that hallway? 
shoot. Wow. Wow, Christian. Deep cuts. Really? That's so funny. The hardest questions when he's not here to I get know. the brunt. <laughs> I know. Well, because I'm like, I... I, don't, I would I, push back on that, but I was okay. Say, I didn't never see Audra as relying on Clemson. I didn't yeah. either. I, no. I would have seen Audra. I could have agreed with Audra looking at things from a perspective of putting their aces in their places. Looking at, like, even Klaus's position and be like, you are good at this, so please do this, as opposed to reliance. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, repeat the second half of the question again. I was like, yeah. wow, relied on. Okay, cool, yeah. cool, cool. <laughs> yep. I see you, Christian. So, you ain't here, but I see you. So <laughs> what, was your, what were your thoughts when Ima got hurt in the hallway and when Klaus got hurt in the hallway? And you can even compare those oh, two. Oh, yeah. I mean, Klaus going getting hurt was kind of uh, really not a whole lot of skin off her nose. Because I think if he had gotten hurt, she would have turned i'm and been like all right let's go back up like what whatever we're here for it's not important as important as dying i think she recognized we definitely need all three of us to survive the mm-hmm. dungeon um and a little bit of like i told you so like he got hurt and she was like we didn't even i literally said let's don't do this it was a hallway with an end yes yes um i'm going down because he took her place so there was mm-hmm. like anger because she already didn't want to be there and then she like uh, what is it called? Trip to trap. Yeah, essentially. Oh, yeah. She she activated the plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then the fact that Ima took it, I think, made her really upset and scared because it was like if Ima goes down again, class is gonna kick her <laughs> to the to the curb real fast. And so, being nervous about that. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, totally. From then on, I probably started earlier, but I would say for sure. From then on, everything was Klaus's fault in her mind. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> also, Sam, Christian. I got beef because, yo, <laughs> you were so low on hit points. What was you doing? <laughs> this is something that Sam does. I can attest to this. He does not tell the party when he is low on hit points. I was so mad. <laughs> okay. There was one time okay, in another okay, campaign that I play with that I play with Sam. Hang I'm on. the DM hang for on. this campaign. <laughs> he got so low on hit points. This was like session three or four. Oh he got so low on hit points. It's like, it like two, three. That when the party got in a fight, he got knocked unconscious in the middle of the street and was dying because uh, the party member who was fighting him was just waiting for Sam to say, I'm running out of hit points to start doing non-lethal damage. <laughs> and so he kept doing lethal damage until <gasps> Sam's character got knocked out. So... He is completely red, by the way, as he's answering this question. <laughs> he just, he does not ever tell people when he's low on hit oh points. Oh my god! Here's the thing. That same character died, and he didn't tell the party until he said, I'm unconscious. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> no. Good job. Yeah. Turkey. Oh, no. that was... <laughs> Tragic. Wow. Him and I have never met before, so this is our first interaction. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, here's the thing. There's, I mean, okay, so death is a part of D&D. This is true. Maybe and too much of a part of your experience of d d <laughs> <laughs> Right. I mean, maybe. But here's the thing. Like, in the campaign that we, that I've been playing, like, since I started, we've only had one death. <laughs> and that was Reese. Oh that was my character. What'd you and do? that was. I jumped off a horse that was moving to 100 miles an hour. Oh, exactly. It was, and just insane like 
level to get to the point where we actually lost a character. Yeah. And like that there's no tension if no one dies. Like there, there's no stakes. There Audra has to be Klaus danger. Can I? Well, that's, there's tension. <laughs> there's tension. But not like the suspense of like that's fair. of danger. And so like unless of course your party does not have revivify. If exactly that gives it more suspense when yeah. they're like this guy is low on HP or he's unconscious. We have no way to bring him back. What do we do? It throws everyone else into a position where they're like, okay, we have to figure this out. We get like 18 seconds before this man could be dead. Yeah. Or less. You know, you can roll a natural one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you mean just, like you did? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, was that both times? Yes. I'm talking about Ima. Yeah. It, yeah. Your last roll, your death saving roll. My last well, roll I think was a natural one. I think he's one. talking about his other character. My other character? Oh, so okay. so that the character that went unconscious <laughs> in the middle of the street also died later in the campaign because he didn't tell the party that he was running out of hit points. He was also sent in uh, ahead of time, and he was killed by two guest players. <laughs> that was also their fault because both of them had healing capabilities, and they chose yeah, not so, to bring me back. Yeah, fun, oh. little, fun little element of that story. The entire party had healing capabilities. Oh, yes. And just chose not to. They, not only did they choose not to, they fought over top of his body. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Kind of a follow-up to that. So I'm curious, because the whole low on hit points, taking Mm -hmm. the spike ball happened before the Audra class conversation that you were awake for. Did Mm -hmm. that change Ima's perspective on dying at all? Hearing that conversation and knowing like he was the Mm -hmm. only reason that they were gonna stay friendly that's actually a great question actually, because you yes. you had mentioned that when he went unconscious mm-hmm. he got the mentality of oh i'm gonna die eventually it was and that it was shock of cool. like oh yeah I'll, I'll go down right and it was like an okay i know how to deal with that but then all of a sudden now you're the only thing holding the party together that did change his mindset which when we get to episode 11 that's sort of why his first response was to start negotiations of like yeah. Okay, we'll give you what you want. Like, yeah, let's, I mean, let's can, not go down. We can move to episode eleven now. I asked the last Christian yeah. question for the yeah. For let's. Episode 10. I don't have one for eleven, so I'm gonna have all of you go, and then have Christians, and then I have one for the entire party based on these episodes. Ooh. Okay, okay. Um, I have so many for oh, eleven. Before before we move on, I will say though. No. <laughs> wow. About, about having low HP. I knew the next time we recorded was going to be my last, so I was like. Well, if he dies, he dies. <laughs> like, oh, it wouldn't be that big of a deal to what Reese probably already has planned. And it, hey, you might catch him off guard. He'll have to, you know, scrap <laughs> the final battle or something. You know, like I, bye y'all a week early. Like I said before, Ima was lawful good. Me, Sam, is chaotic evil. A hundred percent. So there you go. One hundo. Okay, um, I'm not going to go first because my question jumps straight to his death. Oh, that's oh, my okay. question too. <laughs> oh no, I I do have a couple. Uh, Christian also has extra questions wow. that I can ask. Okay, yep. so many, so Here's many. Here's what I'll do. I'll ask a Christian question. Um, let's see. Okay, this kind of actually goes back to episode uh, ten. Uh, 
Actually, no. We'll 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 leave that. Uh, yeah. One of you ask something. Okay. So I have a couple. Uh, one I had for Christian about Klaus is what was going through Klaus's mm. head when his spells kept failing with Ooh. Kuza because like he didn't hit one. Well, and he kept casting a vicious mockery. Yeah, <laughs> as usual. Um, so he's, he's a wisdom save, and wizards have proficiency in wisdom, in wisdom saves. saves. Yeah. So he said when his spells kept failing, he felt powerless again, like in his past. He hated that feeling, especially when he saw the entire fight was going wrong for them so quickly. There was nothing he could do. Kuza was more powerful. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, my other questions have to do with the end, or that one for Klaus has to do with the end of the battle. But I also want to know, DM, what was going through your head with all of our low rolls? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. As the DM, that was not a battle you were meant to win. Yeah. Obviously, everybody knew that. Yeah. You were not meant to win that battle. So your low rolls really just made the battle go the direction it was probably going to go anyway. Just go that way faster. Now, that's not to say you couldn't have won. You absolutely could have won. There was a way. It was a hard way, but there were ways to win. You guys just rolled so terribly (laughs) that it made it dang near impossible. You're welcome. Like, if if you guys had rolled, like... 19s and 20s the entire combat i legitimately believe you couldn't you could have won because i don't create something you can't win i create something that you probably won't win but i don't create something you can't Can't win win. okay improbable not impossible right precisely and so yeah like kuza was not a was not a like you guys were level two at the time kuza was not a challenge rating two creature he was not not challenge rating two he was higher leveled than you guys, but he wasn't unkillable, and he certainly like he was he was running out of spell slots. Yeah, oh, okay. He, like he had to get down there because he, he used had, shield like twice. He had like two spell slots left. Oh, okay. you okay. guys had gotten him dang near to the breaking point. Yeah, there was he was running out of things to do. Interesting. That was I another question I had. So him. that's yeah. I know. Should have just <laughs> stabbed him some more. <laughs> run around. Yikes. So yeah, like shank him. That everything went approximately as I expected it to, but you could have won, and he was not doing so hot towards the end. Okay, interesting. Because he, like I said, he ran out. Of, he ran out of shields. I think he had one more shield left in him, and after that point, his armor class became like thirteen. Mm. He, like, yeah. The only reason he was still doing okay is because he, he, like, all of his first level spells went to shield. Yeah. What did he have that made him regain hit points? That was, so, the spell he cast was called Control the Soulless. Right, homebrew. Yes. The actual machine is what siphoned life from Ima. So that 1d6 necrotic... Went to him. Went to him. So without the big machine, without the big arcane machine, he couldn't siphon life. He could maintain the spell, but he couldn't siphon life. Got it. And so, Adra... If you had actually attacked the machine earlier on and destroyed it, because it did have a hit point threshold, and you had destroyed it, he couldn't have siphoned life anymore. Mm. Things I now know as a DM or a D and D player, <laughs> I did not know before. You're a DM now? <laughs> no. Definitely Whoa. not. Definitely Emotion. not. Um, but yeah, but yeah, so. I didn't realize objects have hit points. <laughs> yeah, I just well, thought uh, they were things. Sometimes they have <laughs> hit yeah. points. Sometimes they just have like. Uh, this is a thing with like in Dungeons and Dragons. If you look at like the Ghosts of Saltmarsh book, boats have like hit point thresholds that they don't take damage unless you break a certain amount. Uh, and so like okay. some objects have that. Some objects just like all magic items have resistance to all damage. Mm. 
Um, but then like mm-hmm. certain objects that I'm like, I know this can be attacked or I know this might be attacked. Like doors, I'll usually doors. give a hit point level. Uh, that particular item had a hit point level, you know, things like that. Yeah. It, okay. It's, I, it's, I always assume it's just the things that you would assume someone might try and break. Right. You'll give something to. I mean, obviously, Precisely. obviously you won't give everything like hit points. You won't be like that strange, like chair in the corner of the room. That will have like three HP. Unless just you're in case. mighty nine. The, yeah, <laughs> Fair yeah. That that Fair uh, that marionette doll off in the corner. That thing oh, has thirty gosh. hit points. Why? Why? <laughs> Why? Why? I'm not even a player. Why? Because. Because they're creepy. Uh, <laughs> creature creature type undead. Anyways. Nope. If a marionette shows up, I'm leaving. I will stand up and leave this table. Can I be here when that happens? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, Who's next? Oh, Sam? Questions? I mean, questions? Um, Prof. Mac asked the question, so. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, I... This last round's just going to be a big shuffle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Nobody's going in initiative order. No. I mean, I feel like both of my... I'm, I might ask two questions because I feel like both of go them for it. will probably go pretty quick. Yeah. Um. But I'll start with Reese because I assume it'll probably be just a yes answer. Uh, but um, was there any ending where Ima would have survived? Um, it's possible. It's possible. Um... There were, I mean, you did start negotiations, and there was a whole thing with Kuzo where he was like, if you can find a way to give me the heart and keep him alive, I'm all for that. That was sem- that was something he said over and over again. Now, in his mind, fastest route to getting the heart, destroy Aima. But true, true. it was not the only way in his mind. He is a wizard. He does understand that things can run without that particular source, which means if you guys had found another way to power Aima, Aima could have stayed alive. Mm-hmm. If you had proposed, well, let's have a conversation. Um, let's have a um, let's have an extended conversation, something along those lines. You know, uh, where we where you proposed an alternative, then he he could have lived. There could have been another way out. Um, but with the way the conversation went and the information that you guys brought to the table, there really was no other way out. Yeah, fair enough. Next question. My other question was um, for Prof. Mac. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to kind of jump to Ima's death because big part of the episode. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. That was, yeah. all, all of my questions <laughs> remaining are involved with that. So. so my question is, like, one, did you see it coming? And two, like, how did you roleplay that? Because the last time there was a death in a D&D, campaign that I've been a part of, I'm pretty sure I just cried. So, like, <laughs> how did you manage to roleplay that? And, like, yeah. Lord, that's true. Shoot. Like, yeah. how, how did you keep it together to roleplay that? Because I, I, I am not capable of doing so. Are you yeah. cheering up now? No. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Shut re- up. <laughs> I do. I do remember your reaction, though, when KDOC died. Oh, I wasn't there for KDOC. Oh, that's right. You weren't for It was the, it was the Dryad. Oh, that's right, the Dryad. Mm-hmm. I forgot about the that, Dryad. That was the last time. Yeah. I... Yeah. Emson, it was like, okay, he, he's this, this, okay. Yeah. He's been unconscious every session, so. That's true. His character <laughs> went unconscious basically every, every session, session we played. Uh-huh. Almost every session. But yeah, wow. no, that is true. So, the li- yeah. The dry- Ooh. Anyway. Prof Mac. <laughs> um, 
Wait, what was the first part of the question again? Did Sorry. Did you see his death coming? Oh, um, I wasn't sure. I, for a couple reasons. It didn't completely shock me, but mm. I didn't, I didn't want to believe it would happen, A, because it was a moody podcast. Oh. <laughs> um, and then I... Yeah, I was wondering if there was going to be a way. I thought, because I knew you were graduating. So I was like, maybe I'm going to like get turned somehow or he just decides to leave and then come back. So it's like it leaves room for like, I'm just showing up randomly or maybe we all die. Like I thought if, if, <laughs> if, if I thought Yikes. if I was going down, we're all down. Like at that point, um, that type of situation. And I... It's funny, like, going back and listening to the episode because it felt like it happened so fast. Yeah. I didn't realize that we were already, like, an hour into the recording or whatever. Yeah. Um, so it felt like it happened so fast into the episode that I was like, oh, wow. I don't think. Okay. Um, in regards to your question about role playing, how did I role play it? Uh, well, like myself I don't know <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I think there were a couple things going through my head so I don't know if anybody else could tell because A it was early in the morning and I was like sitting in the corner back then but I vividly remembered tearing up mm. <laughs> but I was like there's a part of me I so, caught a little bit of so that. many thoughts in my head where I was like first of all uh, my pride of like being a teacher and I was like I I can maybe count on my hands like my two hands the number of people I've cried in front of that aren't my family um unless it's for like an acting role but right yeah. right um so there's a little bit of that there was a little bit of this is still me figuring out D&D so it was like do people like I watched Critical Role and they cry but I was like but they've been playing the characters for like two years it makes <laughs> sense we've only been playing for you know a a two months yeah yeah, yeah. This is when um, you know a professor loves her students yeah, <laughs> yeah. facts yeah yeah um. Yeah, so it was. Uh, I think if I could go back to that episode, I think I would have just been like, just, just be all in it, because I, I knew what Audra was feeling, but then I think Rachel got in the way and was like, mm. yeah, we're mm-hmm. gonna like keep this together a little bit. Sorry, I yeah. do that sometimes. Um. <laughs> 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 Dang it! <laughs> Reese is going to yeah. be the one to turn this into a PG-13 <laughs> podcast. High five, Reese! PG, Rachel. PG. I didn't do anything! We, we do have a bleep button. No, don't press that. I can't edit that out. That one's actually obnoxious. Oh. Uh, Why'd you tell me that? <laughs> Fair enough. Just turn turning, the down. turning the fader down on that. Fair yep, enough. Yep. So, yeah, uh, I mean, I think I'm in my limited knowledge of being in a campaign of D&D, probably role played it the best that I could in that moment. But, yeah, I'll be I'll be real (laughs) curious to see what this next semester looks like. And I yeah, it just took a while for things. I'm a slow me as me. I'm a slow processor. So I would say even in the time since this episode Ima's death has affected Audra more because I, I've had time to process it yeah. more Yeah, absolutely. as Rachel yeah. so there's a whole like Reese got a whole thing of like she's made Ima into bracers and like all yeah. this kind of stuff so yeah, she wears she wears bracers made of you know layers of the stone 
So that's dope. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Do you? Want, oh, sorry. Are you done? Sorry. Yep, I'm done. Okay. Do you want to ask one more question, or do you want me to ask the last I, one? I do want to ask. Uh, not my question, actually, but Christians, and this is multi-layered. Oh, okay. Boy. We'll um, do Christians, and the last mine yes. will end. Yeah. Great. Uh, so this is for you, Sam. Oh boy. Uh, did you expect your? Did you expect to go that way? That's question one within question. Uh, was there another way you wanted the story to end for you? Were you expecting to become such a huge point in the overall story? What were your thoughts on both Audra and Klaus as you died? Um, and because in his last moments he reminisced about both, uh, uh, or yeah, what were your thoughts on them? Because in your last moments you mm-hmm. reminisced about mm-hmm. both of them, not just Audra, the lizard folk of Kaizo. Yeah. I can read oh back parts of the question as you work um, your way through. I was expecting him to die. I mean, again, I create my characters to die. At some point, I'm like, they will die. They will go out glorious. <laughs> yeah. Did I just quote Loki in the Loki show? I'm not Maybe. sure. Maybe. I don't know. I know he, yeah. Almost, almost. A lot yeah. of people say that. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, copyright. <laughs> Anyways, um, I was... I was expecting him to die as like this is the easiest way to write a character out like I mean I I write stories so it's like I don't know what to do with this character I guess he dies it's <laughs> uh, <laughs> a horrible writer like oh, I don't know what to do with this character bye see ya out the window um, and he died <laughs> and he died and you don't know why um, but I, I was expecting it to be a little bit more heroic rather than just like and now you're dead and the battle isn't won and now your friends don't get along um i was expecting it to be sort of a like him having to stay behind during and like the dungeon like collapsing right and him being like go i'll save you all kind of situation but uh yeah no uh that that didn't happen yeah so that that's kind of what i was picturing was a, like super theatrical moment um and then what was the other question uh so uh were you expecting to become such a huge point in the overall story oh, yeah 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 um and then also what were your thoughts on Audra and Klaus um because in the in your last moments you're a minister on both of them mm-hmm. and not just her and the other lizard folk yeah um goodness I was not expecting Ima to really have an impact until his final moments. Yeah. Um, again, I designed him to be a support. So I was thinking like he'll just kind of be in the background, you know, maybe maybe be a little funny, throw in some throw in some jokes that I can do naturally. Yeah. Um but you know, keep it keep it kind of chill because like I'm gonna be written out of the story, you know? So I wasn't expecting him to be like the reason the party is staying together. <laughs> um, yeah. And so I knew his death was going to like impact that, but there was no way that I could have. I didn't expect to see the party just kind of Scatter. break apart after he died. So I was like, wow, he really was just holding them together. And now he's gone. Yep. Whoop, two different directions. Yeah. Uh, which I really wanted to ask uh, Klaus about why he left. I asked that question, hey. and I have the response. <laughs> Let's reference it. 
Um, I still have to. <laughs> yeah, answer part two, and then I'll. I <laughs> yeah. was gonna ask to sneak it in because I. Yeah. So as you, as you're pulling question. it up, uh, and then the last part was what were Ima's thoughts on both Audra and Klaus yeah. at the end? Um. So, oh gosh, I can't remember which episode it was, but when we went to the the mirrors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. One was greatest fear. I think we skipped greatest desire. Uh, you no, looked. You looked I, I looked desire. in. Yep. Um, and I believe it was to be accepted. And well, and I referenced that in narrating. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's why I remember. Yeah. Because I re-listened to the episodes. Yep. Um, and so he was thinking of both Adra because, I mean, he knew her his whole life. Not her whole life, but his whole life. And, I mean, they, they had a friendship. He was accepted. And then it really felt to him like Klaus was kind of coming around and to him, he thought Klaus trusted him, whether or not that was true or not. Right. Yeah. And so it's sort of, and like after all that they had been through to, to Ima, they were sort of not sort of, they were his family. Yeah. And so as like, you have like Aja, like, the homeschooler and then you have like Klaus the like weird adopted cousin you're like cool ouch yeah no, I'm not thinking of anyone in particular just saying <laughs> <laughs> just clarify just in case Sam's family listens to this <laughs> just in case not thinking of anyone yeah um, but just just seeing like how far they come like together it's it's sort of that idea of like um just like hardship kind of binds you together yeah. and so he's going out he's like oh yeah i love those guys yeah yeah i love that i uh, you had something that you had asked klaus mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. yeah so i asked uh, it was kind of a two-parter what was going through klaus's mind when he looked at the doorway at the end of the battle so he talks oh, about how he was shoot. looking down the door or down the hallway but like his body was still in the room yep yeah yeah. yeah and yeah. then i asked why he decided to leave so he answered it in one um, and so he said, when Klaus was looking at the door, he was contemplating his options. Kuza had won, and he was more powerful. Klaus could leave, or he could join him. At first, they thought he would leave, but the more he thought, the more he saw Audra's childish reaction, the more he remembered. Why would he go back with Audra when she hated him so much and would obviously blame him for what happened? Why go back to the lizard folk that had ridiculed him? What did he have to gain from that? He wanted them to fear him. He wanted power, and Kaizo would not offer him that. They were weak and untrustworthy. They had disrespected the king. The moment uh, he decided to leave was the moment he walked over to Kuza and stood by him looking down at Audra. She was a child. She had nothing and her threats were empty. Klaus wanted to gain Kuza's knowledge and then look him in the eyes as he betrayed him and took his life. He wanted power. He wanted to be feared. Yep. Shoot. Yeah. Yowza. Yeah, this is something we've explored a lot in these first four episodes of Gone Rogue is that Klaus really is. He's power driven. Yeah. And... It's wherever he can see himself gaining the most power and the most control that he goes. Yeah. I think that was the last question for all of y'all. Yeah. So I'm going to ask the last question referencing your your characters and yourself as a person. Okay. okay. All these characters are in different walks of life, like each of us. In these episodes, there are a lot of doors, hallways, mirrors. There's a lot of options. How do you think that connects to how God puts doors and paths in front of us and how we choose to listen to the people around us who who God could be using to feed us truth, feed us life, 
or people that are going to tear us down and take us down the wrong path where God's going to have to correct us Mm -hmm. later. Yeah. Yeah. So we're answering as us or as our characters? Both. Both. Oh, as both? both? Oh, okay. I mean, I I, I can go first because I play a modicum of characters. Um and you're I just want to clarify you're asking how the how they reflect each other, yes? Kind of, but more of how does mm, let me look at my question again. I need yeah. to, I need to look at my thought process. We're all in different walks and there's so many different mm-hmm. options in yes. all of these doors and all of them have different consequences. Literally, Reese. Yes. Oof. <laughs> Big oof. Um how do you listen to the people around us and decipher if they're if God's using them to take us the right direction, or is it a matter of they're pulling us the wrong direction and deciphering what is right and wrong and glorifying to God? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I've, I'm a very like hard set right and wrong person. I have exp- I understand that there are spaces where the lines are blurred, um, or where there is right and wrong on both sides of the equation. But I do believe strongly in the concept of right and wrong, and I believe there's a very clear line between them. I also believe that in a situa- a situation can be so muddled that uh, right and wrong are on both sides of the equation. And um, mm. for me, like we've we've expressed before, we've talked about um, how like Christian has expressed he does not have a strong moral compass. Um, and that is one of the few things that I do believe I have. Um, whether it's misguided at times or not, I cannot speak, but that is something that I do generically have is my moral compasses. But yeah, the, as far as like in real life, um, deciphering whether someone is has better intentions or um, and it will offer something that could potentially be glorifying to God, um, you know, it's the discernment is in again my moral compass is pretty dang pointed um and my concept of truth is pretty dang concrete there's not a lot of uh fluidity there um and so a lot of it runs down to uh testing what i hear against the word of god um but as far as like even i play a modicum of characters in the game um and a number of them are there intentionally to disseminate fallacy and to disseminate truth there are characters on both sides of them. Kuza is there intentionally to disseminate fallacy. And people like Rashik are there to intentionally uh, disseminate uh, truth and, you know, good uh, things on the right side of the moral compass. And so um, that level of discernment um, comes down to someone's character. Um, one of the things that I've... Um, one of the things that I've come to perceive is that um, while we always say actions speak louder than words, I think people make a lot more mistakes with their actions than they do with their words. Mm-hmm. Especially if you catch them off guard. Mm-hmm. Oof. People who are caught off guard speak a lot more honestly than their actions will. So People will make poor decisions all the time, and sometimes that comes in the form of words. But people who you've caught off guard and are asking for their opinion, that's a good place to find someone's character. And so, especially like if you're, this is a little hint to the players, if you're trying to discern where my NPCs stand, I'm pretty much improving all of their reactions, which means it's probably where they really stand. Really noted. Good to know. Yeah. Hmm. Sam, Prof Mac. Go first, <laughs> okay. Sam. Okay. <laughs> um, goodness. Um, 
I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say I think of things necessarily the way Ima does, but I very much have the same mindset as Reese. Reese? Ooh, my voice cut out for a second. Reese. <laughs> at least. Uh, <laughs> but I think, because I, I, again, just like Reese, I have a very strong sense of this is right, that is wrong. I do not do wrong, I do right. Or at least I try to. Come um, on, somebody. <laughs> Where's my button? Hold on. Come on, somebody. He has a button on his phone that says, come on, somebody. And he hits it every single time something's nice. said. Well, it's any time I say it. Because I'll say it involuntarily and then have to pull out my phone because I'm like, I can't say it. Not, not push the button. But if he knows you, he'll let you slap his phone. This is true. Nice. Oh. Anyway. Um, so, I also think I've learned that... There are some things that just fall in the gray area yeah. that aren't in their nature wrong or right. Dungeons and Dragons being one of them. But they can be used for either. Precisely. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when it comes to things like, well, like listening to people, it's, it's one thing that I get told that I'm really good at. Not sure if that's true, but... Um, if you've been told you're really good at it, you probably are. <laughs> yeah. I at least used to be. Um, I talk a lot more now. Um, <laughs> but I think I think I've been. I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna get real for a second. Okay. Um, I think I've been hurt too many times by people with good intentions that I can't base it on that anymore. Yeah. Where like Audra, she has very good intentions. She makes a lot of dumb choices. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Don't there's Klaus, who seems, or at least he has a very selfish mindset, but he can still also be helpful. Yeah. And so it's kind of taking the time to at least listen and understand, and then going back to sort of in the way that Ima always thinks of what am I made to do? Yeah. What is the purpose of... Like, what's my purpose? What is the path I'm supposed to take? Yeah. Which door do I take? Which one is getting me to where I'm supposed to go? Hmm. That that kind of is very much how I think of people can say a lot about me. Okay, what does God say? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's lots of things I can do with my life, especially since I'm graduated. Yeah. And it's sort of like, okay, well, what does God want me to do? What, yeah. Or like, ah, I don't like how I phrase that, but. Where is he leading? Where, where, like, God has given me these doors. Sometimes he just gives it to me as a choice, and I can choose either one. But yeah. where is God leading? And, like, ultimately it should come down to that for me. Like, where do I see God? Yeah. Does this line up with what God says? Because at the end of the day, that's really, I mean, God's opinion is the one that matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At, at the end of everything... It's God who determines, like, whether I get into heaven or not. God determines whether I'm righteous or not. So yeah. it doesn't really matter anyone's opinion, including myself. Yeah. So, yep. mic drop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Prof Mac, do you want to add anything? Um, no, I would say pretty similar. I think mm-hmm. as, in regards to Audra, I don't know if I'm being yeah. honest. It's kind of like... Fair point. I think there's a level of... Uh, 
any door you walk through is gonna have consequences and growing up my dad used to always say saying yes to one thing means saying no to a lot of other things and so um recognizing that but what i have found especially a lot in my life is oftentimes like sam was saying many of the doors or the choices you have are amoral if you will like you can they're they're not good and they're not bad yes, they just are there they but exist in, outside of morality right yeah it's until intention comes right in. until yeah how you choose to use it and i would say especially for me in my walk with the lord oftentimes uh i'm presented with really great options either way where it's like wow both of these like will really glorify the Lord. Both of these will like really allow me to live out the, w- the ways in which he's gifted me and all of this. Um, what I don't know what to do. And then the voices or the people in my life are saying opposite things and, or Moody being an example the first time, uh, everyone in my life was saying, do it, do it, do it. And yet it was one of those, like in my quiet time, in my time with the Lord, the Lord was saying, not yet. And that was really hard because it was like a really good choice. Everyone in my life was saying, this door is obvious, walk through it. Mm-hmm. But yet it was like, am I going to, am I going to trust? And it kind of boils down to, are you going to trust the voices of the people in your life, no matter how good and how godly, or are you going to trust where the Lord is leading yeah. you? Yeah. And that can be oftentimes especially for a people pleaser which is what I am that can be very difficult. I feel um, that. Yeah. I'm not a people pleaser, so <laughs> oh. it's good for me to hear these things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> literally literally nice. when your dad who has like been walking with the Lord for 40 something years says, "Wow, Rachel, I didn't think you were going to get this job. I feel like this is the Lord saying you should take it." And you have to look him in the eyes and be like, so here's the deal, Dad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Someone whose voice I've trusted my whole life, I believe that the Lord is leading me in the opposite direction. And it makes zero sense to anyone else. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. No more questions. So I'm going to end this. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Moody and D Gone Rogue. You can listen to the rest of the Moody and D channel on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to follow the Moody and D Instagram at Moody underscore in underscore D. And while you're there, you should drop some questions in our Gone Rogue questions highlight. Once again, I'm your host, Rachel Sanders. Hope to see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Leave it in there. It was right over his bye. He asked to. <laughs> can't take it out. I was talking. Bye. I was talking. Bye. <laughs>